conversations in maths become part of your professional learning. My name's Leanne McMahon and today we're going to delve into the Australian curriculum or more explicitly the draft document that's being distributed by ACARA for our comment. And when I say ours, I mean anyone's and there's been quite a lot of debate about it. This is the first of a two-part podcast that I'm going to do with Cass Lowry. In today's episode, we're going to have a general overview of the changes in the curriculum, but mostly in the rationale and what we need to know about what's happening. And then in next week's podcast, we'll look further into the content descriptors and the things that have changed year level to year level. So here's what I recorded with Cass a few days ago. Today we've got Cass Lowry, former AMSI Outreach Officer and now expert in schools. Hi Cass. Hi Leanne, how are we? I'm very well, thank you. Very interested to know the opinion of the latest mathematics curriculum and hear how it relates to schools. I know how it relates to me as a maths consultant. We've had a lot of discussions with our AMSI member organisations. I'm very clear with what mathematicians think about it and I'll throw some of these into our discussion. But I'm really interested to see how a teacher in schools feels about this, I would suggest fairly significant change in the curriculum. It's interesting, Leanne, because I don't really think that many teachers even know that it's going on. Really? It's just something that is so removed from what's happening. And you need to remember in Victoria, we teach the Victorian curriculum. (laughs) We, We don't teach the Australian curriculum. Now, you and I know that the Victorian curriculum is based on the Australian curriculum. But many teachers wouldn't know that. They they wouldn't be aware, having only worked in Victoria, they don't know that the Australian curriculum is, unless they're in a, um, a leadership position and they've done some professional learning and they've been in an event where they've been taken through the relationship between those things. This is not something that you you just pick up when you're teaching. It's probably an, an unfortunate thing that teachers don't realise this is going on. I've seen a lot of calls on uh, social media, Facebook, um, and Twitter to get involved in the conversation. Mm. But I just don't think that teachers are really, the day-to-day classroom teacher is worried about what's going on in her classroom or in his classroom. He's not really particularly concerned about what's going on with the Australian curriculum changes. And really each teacher in the state, they teach their own in New South Wales. They teach the New South Wales syllabus. Like by the time it becomes mandated for the classroom teachers to use, will each state go, actually, you know, we're changing it again. Because that's what, that's what happened last time. Yeah. Will Victoria fall into line behind the Australian curriculum? Um, I think Victoria will fall in line, but I noticed one of the changes that they've made in the um, foundation year is already in the Victorian curriculum. Ah, so, yeah, there's a lot of cross-pollination between. Yeah, so um, that change was already made about splitting the addition and the sharing. That change has been in the Victorian curriculum for several years now. So it's interesting. And there's probably other changes that they've been that have been taken from other states. Mm-hmm. And what will happen is that someone will walk into the staff room and say, oh, we don't teach half past at year one anymore. And they'll go, oh, okay. And we really need these specialist maths people in schools to actually impress upon teachers the importance and and help them with decoding the curriculum and keeping that in mind so that they know what came before and what comes after. It's 
much better to teach in your year level when you know what came before and what came after comes after i think a really good place to start is that infographic have you seen the infographic in the middle the wheel or yes um, and i think that's that's, a really good place to start that's Um, the exact place that i want to start because in our discussions with mathematicians that was the the very first thing that came up specifically the word mathematizing they feel like it's a a made-up word that doesn't incorporate the structure of mathematics. What do you think about that? To be honest, if you ask me what it meant, I, I've never heard of it before. My background is I have an undergraduate degree in mathematics. I, I went on to do a, a Bachelor of Teaching and then have subsequently done a Master's in Education. I can tell you now that no one's ever used that word. I've not read it in any of my research or it's not being used on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting when you look at the definition that they're giving it. So they're saying math mathematizing it's even difficult to say (laughs) mathematizing is about making choices pattern recognition visualizing representing and quantifying now if if we're watching that television show jeopardy and you read out those clues i would have said what is number sense that would have been my answer because to Uh me number sense is about making choices it's about pattern recognition visualizing representing and quantifying you know those things are all part of number sense and i there's been a lot of research in the last half a dozen years about number sense and how important it is and so if it's so important why are we calling it something else (laughs) something else or why why have we not used the word you know number sense it's not mentioned once in the Australian Curriculum Review document. It's yeah. Uh, look, to me too, the mathematizing stuck out, but even the other two, the mathematical structures and the mathematical approaches, still don't seem like a really good basis. What are they? What do they call them? Uh, core concept organizers. Yeah. So mathematical approaches includes manipulating mathematics objects, generalizing, thinking and reasoning, problem solving and inquiry. That's okay. But to me, have we left out the CRA model? We've done one of the podcasts about this, Mm -hmm. the concrete representational um, abstract. So mathematical approaches has failed to list. It's got concrete and it's got abstract. It's missing out on representation. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't mention one of the main things or yeah, yep. it's leaving that out. So, and there's a lot of research about the CRA model and how important that is. So again, this is not something that is an obscure branch of mathematics that only people with a degree in mathematics would understand. We're talking about something that is like you go to a maths conference and it's always someone will be talking about, you know, number sense and developing number sense. Someone will always be talking about, you know, using the CRA model and how you can use that to help engaged learners and yet again it's another thing that's not on this document mathematical structures talks about the other area talks about foundations abstractions mathematical systems and mathematical relationships I mean I don't even know what those words mean (laughs) abstractions foundation is the word that's used to describe the first year of school the thing that I don't understand is under mathematical structures they they seem to have algebra well half of algebra number and half of statistics is the wheel does the wheel go around does yes mathematical structures include probability because that doesn't occur under that that notion i get i guess you could argue it's not a great infographic but um yeah and and i guess there are explanations on the next page but 
teachers don't have a lot of time. No, exactly. And so you can see this graphic being put up on in staff rooms and teachers. Teachers I mean, let's, walking past it as they go to get their coffee and they think let, another. Let's be honest, people don't read the people read the abstract and the conclusion. People don't read the bulk of it. You you yeah. the beginning and the end. People don't have time for the middle. So um, the other thing that pops out to me is we've gone back to the word space, which <laughs> again the mathematicians part of the AMSI, the AMSI group said, well, space, do you mean rockets and planets? I actually really like when they introduced the word geometry from a, like a, you know, a, ma- a wannabe mathematician point of view, because geometry is not just geometry. It's not just 2D shapes and 3D objects. It's also about location. It's also about uh, geometric reasoning. And yeah. where's all that going? When you look at the changes that they're making, it's not going, but they're going to change the name of it. That's something that I really believe that teachers and mathematicians can really agree on. One of the things that I wanted to do is look at the rationale behind the change. And I think there's some really strong points that they make in their overview. There's a document that is the where ACARA have actually highlighted what's changed and why. And that overview gives some really good information that says that the proposed revisions provide more opportunity for students to develop ways of thinking and reasoning, which enable deep, connected and transferable learning. The proposed revisions make clear the essential mathematical knowledge, understanding and skills. Students need to be confident and creative individuals, successful lifelong learners and active, informed members of the community. So that seems like a very lofty goal and it seems (laughs) like a really good idea. One of the things that I'm not sure of is how they're actually doing this. They do say that they've drawn on significant developments and research in mathematics and recent work to improve Pisa and Tim's, but I don't think they're very clear on how they came about what's essential and what's non-essential content and how does this give teachers better ability to sequence student learning and give them clarity and guidance. Do you have any thoughts about that? I think, I mean, the curriculum's big. I mean, it's scary to look at. We want, yes, ideally, we would love primary school teachers to have an overview of the whole curriculum, but really it comes down to them knowing just the content descriptors in their particular year level, but also understanding not just one of the, like where that content descriptor fits in relation to the others. Like what, what's the skills that are needed before and what are the skills does this help students develop going further? So like where is it in the, in, on the continuum of things that kids need to know? And I think that's one of the things that it's, I've not yet seen a curriculum that really makes that clear. Mm. Um, how do we help teachers understand this particular skill that we're teaching students? For example, in the foundation curriculum or in prep that we call it in Victoria, we talk about supertizing. Yep. Um, and supertizing is such an important skill, but do teachers understand that it, supertizing helps with arrays and arrays help with multiplication and arrays lead to the area model and the area model helps with multi-digit multiplication and the area model can also be used to help with quadratic equations. But do teachers understand that this skill supertizing can help you with something in like year nine or I don't know, they might've moved it. Is it year 10 now? Um, quadratic <laughs> equations all the way up the scale. But teachers don't. Teachers just think, oh, well, they're just supertizing. I show them a few, put some dots on some paper and just flash them to the students. Yeah. You know, 
job done kind of thing. You have to know what comes before or what comes after and not just the year before and the year after. You have to know where these things lead. I know teachers that have taught the one year level for five or six years. Mm. They've always been a grade three teacher. And look, they are very good grade three teachers. Don't, I'm not saying anything bad about them, but they've never really experienced other year levels. I think the best thing I ever did in my teaching career was move year levels. So I've been fortunate enough to have taught in every year level and I've taught in straight grades, you know, so like a straight grade three. And I've also taught in a multi, uh, multi-age grade. And for some schools that was done because we had small numbers. And for other schools that was done because they believed in multi-age classes and they said there's just as big as range in a three, four than there is in a straight four. Yeah. So that was sort of, uh, it was a choice to do it like that, not just a logistic thing. I've sort of experienced both sides. So by moving classrooms, I've had to learn more about the curriculum. Before becoming a maths leader, I've had to learn more about it. And on that challenge to our teaching practice, we're going to leave this episode. Tune in next week when we are going to look at the content descriptors and any changes in those and what we think of them. We'll go right from primary through to secondary level and talk about what not just teachers, but mathematicians are saying about these proposed changes. In the meantime, check some of the resources that we've got on the website and have a look at the actual proposed changes. If you've got any questions or comments, please contact us on our Facebook page or at AMSI Schools on Twitter. And you can always go to our website, www.calculate.org.au. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.